When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Welcome to 2024. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Later on, we'll be joined by Abby Barmore. We got the full crew mm-hmm. back off the holiday schedule. We're back in the office. Um, gosh, it's nice to get back to some normalcy. And Robin and I were talking off air. <laughs> I mean, just juggling that week of life for everybody oh god grind that's why i wanted to, i wanted to come in on tuesday <laughs> january 2nd i know we watched football late last night but like let's let's get a regular week started here yes yeah return Sound to normalcy remember that phrase yeah <laughs> it, it is weird i mean i'm sure people all over america are bad not battling it but experiencing the same thing we are some are probably really happy to get back into the just the normal workflow you know, it's not just us. So, so yeah, I, it's interesting. It's just how interesting to me how fast it went. And now here we are, January 2nd. Well, yeah, let's get into it because we, we were treated with a traditional New Year's Day of football, <coughs> a 4 o'clock Rose Bowl, an 8 o'clock Sugar Bowl. And you honestly can't draw it up much better. Now, a lot of the other bowl games, you can be critics about the, the guys that opted out and how the results of some of those games ended up. But – it was all worth it in the end to get the two games that we got. And now you're going to get Michigan, who knocked off big, big SEC juggernaut Alabama, uh, playing future Big Ten team Washington, who beat Texas. And I said this to you off air, has the stock of the Big Ten Conference ever been hotter than it is right now? They go into their new television contract next year with NBC, CBS, and Fox they're no longer on ABC or ESPN, so they're out of it. Wow. That means those wow. three networks have the exclusive rights for media to the two teams that will play for the national championship. <laughs> yeah, the TV executives are very happy right now. Yep, it's all going according to plan. Yeah, it is. It, all, it is. It's pretty amazing. And it didn't – I mean – it could have easily been the opposite to it. It could have easily been Texas Alabama. All SEC final. Right. Well, yeah, you're two <laughs> right. two plays away from a complete flip. Right. But but yeah, it worked out perfectly. And and it was a memorable day. I mean, it was a very memorable. I thought Alabama Michigan was as I mean, the game I'll never forget as long as I live. I'm not going to live that much longer though. So <laughs> um but but I'll, I'll, I'll always I'll always remember that one. In in the other game, the other game was good too. It was really good. Yeah, just watching it all come together, but it really puts in perspective now when you watched Oregon win their bowl game handily. Obviously, Ohio State still Ohio State even though they didn't look good in their bowl game. Um but just what kind of league <laughs> Nebraska and the rest of the Big 10 are going to be walking into. I mean, this Yes and no. It's interesting that you just said that. Ohio State is still Ohio State. Are they? Are they? Yeah, what is the conversation? Are they? Are, is Ohio, do you think Ohio State's going to lose none or one next year? They got. They, they probably have to get a portal quarterback. Right. Oh, no. I, I don't know if they – they haven't even looked at him. 
so I don't know. And then if Michigan would lose Jim Harbaugh, is Michigan still Michigan? If they lose McCarthy and Harbaugh, the top is it's sort of interesting to me what the top might look like next year if Harbaugh stays. And Penix will be gone. He won't be Penix will be gone. See, Bo Nix will be gone. Right. It's the, no the top. I'm not. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. But it's, I don't look at Ohio State like I looked at Ohio State a, a year ago. Yeah, the thing about them, though, is they lose those players and, and all that, but the, the reloading they reload, programs And they're like loaded that, on defense. That's they, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so look how many quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks they've lost over the years and just replace them with another one. So maybe that's not the case this year, but they have a track record of replacing really good players oh, surely, with yeah. really good players. Michigan's going to be the same way. They won four games with other head coach. I mean, so like Harbaugh... Yeah, that's going to be a significant thing, but they still are loaded roster. They're still oh, yeah, an established power program. But I think the, one of the things when you look at those semifinal games is look at how drastically different both of those, the way that both of those teams won. Michigan with its just like grinded out, right. you know, physical defense, run the ball, where you know Washington throws for four hundred yards yeah. and it's like a video game, video game offense, throwing the ball all yeah. over the place like that. And so, no, those two teams are meeting for the finals. And now next year, those are going to be conference opponents. Yeah, and, and you look yeah. at you start to look at schedules for the Big Ten next year. I mean, Michigan opens with Fresno State. That's not an easy opener. Nope. Uh, that's one of the best group of five teams out there. Hard open. Then week two, they host Texas. So that will be a Fox or NBC or CBS game on week two. Right. And if you're hosting – well, if you're playing Fresno State and hosting Texas without McCarthy and Harbaugh, I don't know. You might go in two. I mean, they, it's a big – that would be a huge hit to them. Then there's have, no better coach right now. I mean, there's one better coach than Harbaugh right now. And we'll get into the Harbaugh-DeBoer discussion in segment two. There's one better coach than Harbaugh. Kirby? There's one. No. Who? Saban. Well, say, Har- Harbaugh just beat him. I know, but it's the only time they faced off against each other, right? National title rings is Saban. No, I, how crazy is the stat that <laughs> this will be the first time that Nick Saban has gone three years in a row without winning a national title right. at, at Alabama? That's insane. Yeah. yeah, he's still the king, though. No, Kirby's not the king. I think the the way the game has changed though has hurt Saban. Like with NIL and the transfer portal, he's traditional. Oh, no and, doubt about it. And that. it's hard for him to do what Missouri's doing, to do what Ole Miss is doing. Like, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to. Doesn't want to have to buy teams and, and – What Tennessee's doing. Upset the apple cart where you bring in new guys over the guys you recruit, and he's trying to do it the way he's done it. And that's how Matt Rule wants to do it. The question will be, is Saban there next year? That's what I wonder. Or Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, they could both be gone. I would not be surprised if they're both gone next year. It will be interesting what the succession plan in Alabama will oh, be. Oh, really interesting. Who is Plenty it? Plenty of candidates. Who is it? Because you would think, like Tom Osborne at Nebraska, Saban's going to have a big voice. But there's nobody on that staff. And it's not like I, – I can't imagine Saban wants Lane Kiffin to be his successor. Dabo's, Dabo's star is not what it was. Kirby's all. not leaving Georgia. No. Kirby's now, Sarkeesian not. will be a popular name. Would, would he leave Texas to go to Alabama? Sarkeesian. Probably. Sarkeesian. But Texas will back up an oil rig to keep him there. <laughs> they will. Mm-hmm. Sarkeesian would be a name. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. That's Greg Byrne is the AD. He doesn't use a search committee. I mean, I'd, I'd think, of, think of the pressure on him it, if, it, if it happens. Isn't I mean, it funny, like, him and his dad are in similar spots? His dad had to 
you know, was there when Osborne retired and had it kind of, and he's going to live the same thing his dad lived at Nebraska. Yeah, and I don't know what Saban will do. He's 72. He looks young, but the problem is in recruiting right now, what are people saying about Alabama to Alabama recruits? He's not going to be there mm-hmm. when, you're, when you complete your career. He's 72 years old. So he knows that people are using that against him right now. I, I'm sure he wants to win one more, though. Oh, yeah. I, that's got to be something to watch. Those two situations, Michigan and, and Michigan coach Harbaugh and, and Saban, think about the domino effect if, if both those guys are gone. Strikes you know? me hard to see him being wired to just step away after losing a game like that when they were a game away from playing for another national championship. Like, but like, but like they're Sean, not far off. But like Sean said, does he want to play the game? Yeah. Does he want to play this new game? But does he have to anymore? Like, you kind of have to. No, I mean, like, I mean, he personally. Can't he just, like, with the 2,000 people on his staff, can right. he handle all the stuff that he doesn't want to deal with? Yeah, maybe. He's such a powerful figurehead yeah. that, like, just delegate. Yeah. You know, I don't know. No, maybe, no, maybe, I, maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. But No, I get what you're saying, that maybe he can, he can stay above the fray a little bit. Right, just be the closer. Yeah. All right, uh, speaking of wanting one more, John Cook and uh, Nebraska Volleyball would sure like to get back and win another national championship. And they added another key, key piece to their program here on New Year's Day. Um, a former All-American Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, Taylor Landfair, commits to Nebraska on New Year's night. Uh, Abby Barmore joining us now on opening headlines to get a quick take on that. Abby, um, A, were you surprised um, by the commitment and, and how big is this? Um, I was a little surprised. I knew that, you know, Taylor had interest in Wisconsin and Nebraska and somebody reported that, but the the timing of it all and the way that they actually landed her and now they're going to have right now, they have four outside hitters with a lot of experience, a lot of experience. So I think that is really going to shake things up for Nebraska, but Taylor Landfair is a huge get. Like you said, in 2022, she was the Big Ten Player of the Year and a first-team All-American and kind of fell off a little bit last year with a new head coach. But um, she did improve a lot in ways like, you know, passing in the back row and serving. So she's a big get for Nebraska. Abby, um, elephant in the room here, there were no seniors on Nebraska's team. Um, so where, where do you see her kind of jumping in to the lineup? Like, where is the vulnerability where she would jump in and, and kind of see uh, reps? Yeah, there's a – Nebraska has quite the scholarship situation going on, but I have full faith that they'll figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I see her probably going, fighting for either that number one or that number two spot. Um, maybe – there might be some movement there. Someone might move out. The person that I'm kind of looking at is Allie Batenhorst. She's struggled throughout her career with, like, consistency and such. Um, however, you know, Taylor knows that she's going to have to battle. Nebraska has a lot of experience. Harper Murray, Lindsey Krause, both of them can be great players, especially when healthy. So mm. it's it's mm. going to be very interesting. Mm. One of Allie went in the portal, she would have 20, 30 legit yeah. op- offers. I mean, that's how loaded Nebraska volleyball is that they're – Oh, God, she'd be sought after. R- rotational players are yeah. front line for 99% of teams. And huh. I feel like Taylor can definitely carry a load there because this last year it just felt like Nebraska never had, you know, all three of their pin hitters going at the same time. It was either 
one on the out, one on the left, and definitely Merritt Beeson on the right. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can find that balance again there. Wow. Huge news, Abby. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to continue the discussion of Michigan versus Washington, two future Big Ten head coaches now, for now, uh, Jim Harbaugh and Kellen DeBoer. We'll hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics and we're back here on the husker online show sean callahan steve sipple robin washett bringing you into the new year um and no better way to do that than taking advantage of a great deal we have going with omaha steaks um so many things on their website already are at 50 percent off with Husker Online, we're going to give you another $30 off. Uh, there is a minimum you need to spend to get the $30 off your, your final bill. Uh, but by simply using promo code Husker at checkout, you're going to get an extra $30 off at Omaha Steaks. And that's on everything. Steaks, sides, chicken. Um, and they have so many different boxes and varieties. And, you know, it, it comes to your house shipped in a cooler um, you know, it's rock solid frozen when you get it. You put it right in your freezer. You thaw it out. Um, some great, great uh, items at Omaha Steaks. And uh, they're giving you 50% off already on a lot of things. And we're going to take 30 more dollars off with promo code Husker when you check out. Thank you again to Omaha Steaks for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. All right, let's get into this coaching matchup because um, there's two future Big Ten guys, at least for now. Jim Harbaugh. Kellen DeBoer, I mean, kind of two completely different pedigrees. I mean, you, you talk about Jim Harbaugh, he's he's royalty. I mean, his father was a big-time coach. He played quarterback at Michigan. He played quarterback right. in the NFL. Um, now, Jim Harbaugh did start out as a small school coach at San Diego, which was non-scholarship FCS football. One big. And one big at that level. That's coaching. And then he went to Stanford when one they, big. they were terrible. One big. Now, Kellen DeBoer, you can have say, say in some ways – Similar type of coach. I mean, he started out literally at Sioux Falls at the NAIA level, and they became a national power to the point when he was an NAIA coach, they played North Dakota, who was an FCS team, and they beat him. Mm. Like, I mean, that's how Sioux Falls was. A, and he was playing against, like, Midland and Doan and Dana, uh, Morningside. Like, so a lot of people in this region were familiar with Kellen DeBoer because he got Sioux Falls so good that they are now a Division Two. Yep. I mean, one of the marks of a great coach is someone you can identify who who's won everywhere he or she is. Like Brian Kelly. Yeah, everywhere they've been, they win. Brian Kelly's a good example. I mean, Urban Meyer's a great example. They just win. It doesn't matter where they're at. They win. And DeBoer and Harbaugh are those guys. They're those guys. I mean, and you're right, Harbaugh. It's funny to hear you say Harbaugh's royalty after he was suspended for six games this year, which everybody forgets almost. I mean, it doesn't even come up hardly. It's like a speed bump. It's odd the way this country. The one thing that you learn from all this is this country forgives you quickly, mm-hmm. and and it moves on. 
And they, full-on Michigan, has em- have embraced the bad boy thing, though. They don't seem even like bad boys, but they, they kind of embrace it. Oh, yeah. You know. They leaned into it all the way. They leaned hard into it. And it worked for them. I it mean, it, they, it was a team that probably needed motivation, considering what their schedule was this year. Yeah. Like, they were 30-point favorites almost every single yeah, week. And that gave them all. motivation to yeah. play ticked off. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I think, probably vaulted them to where they are right now. They weren't threatened very often. They were threatened by Alabama. They're down in the second half. And McCarthy, if you think about McCarthy, J.J., didn't make that many big plays in that game. It was His defense was the big thing. Five sacks in the first half, six sacks overall, and that's a bear. The defense, remember when they came in here, mm-hmm. when we looked out on the field, when they came into Lincoln and we looked out on the field, and it would look different. You're like, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. That, that looks different. Well, then you look at Washington. Yeah. And, you know, if you're an Indiana fan, what are you thinking right now? Because you had DeBoer as your offensive coordinator, and you had your best season really in recent history, yep. and Michael Penix was your quarterback. Yeah. And and those were your two guys, and you had the wrong – I mean, now you look at it, devil's advocate, you probably had the wrong guy. I mean, Tom Allen's a good coach. Mm-hmm. But you had you had Kellen DeBoer at Indiana yeah. um, in the wings there. Then he goes to Fresno. And I remember, and we talked about this off air, when – Nebraska is kind of shopping for a coach. Okay. You would get people from South Dakota that were familiar with DeBoer that emailed right. us. Oh, yeah. When he was at Fresno, like, why aren't they looking at this guy? He and what would we do? And you, you dismissed it. Pretty much dismissed it. Nah, why would they hire Kelly? And there was one guy who was, he, he adamantly messaged me three or four times, DeBoer, DeBoer, DeBoer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not making the hire at Nebraska. We're not making the hires here. But it, well, we s- smart it. people that know his body at work knew that he was going to be a star yeah we just have to come clean on that though we never i never took it seriously mm-hmm. i didn't I, that's terrible he like what he's done with washington's offense i think that's what we thought scott frost would have been able to do to nebraska's program and offense just an offensive mastermind that elevates the program to a national level and a leader and that's the difference frost didn't have the structure and the leadership experience or DeBoer has led programs as a head coach from the lowest level to now the highest level. Yeah, and you just look at his work with quarterbacks. I mean, Michael Penix was not that Michael Penix after DeBoer left when he was there at Indiana. I mean, he regressed, and then he went to Washington all of a sudden. He got hurt, too. He blew out a knee, but he got hurt. But still, I mean, like there was an immediate correlation. When he was working with DeBoer, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Absolutely. And you saw that. This year's the motioning of that offense, like it's just a thing of beauty to watch the pre-snap motions they do because your eyes as a defense, you're following all, and then someone gets someone gets open every time. Well, every their, time their ability too to you know they're a tempo offense, but they don't live and die on tempo. Like they can grind the ball out and they can run the ball with physicality, and I think that's kind of the element that separates them, especially in the Pac-12. It puts them in that same boat with with Oregon, probably to where. You know, it it's all that kind of run and gun around the conference. But then when you can, when it comes to winning time and you can just play power football, they have that ability. And I think that's physical. what separates them. I think it got a lot of people's attention in the game against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. World. Got my I think attention. A lot of people assumed Oregon was going to win the game. I did. They're almost a double-digit favorite. And my, my, a lot of people, you, me, a lot of people, like, no, nah, Oregon's too physical. I mean, Oregon's like a big, ready, ready-made Big Ten team. Washington's not. Oh. <laughs> Oh, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, that, now, they don't play – their pass defenses, they're very vulnerable, which shouldn't hurt them too bad against Michigan. They are a vulnerable pass defense. Um, but that won't hurt them. It's – I don't know, the matchups 
really interesting. If Michigan can rush the passer like they did against Bama, that would obviously help. I just don't know what Michigan – I'd have to look at Michigan's corners and see if they match up with those receivers. Washington also has the best offensive line in the country. Yeah, they did. They won or the, the most experienced. Well, they won the Joe Moore They won the Joe Moore Award. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. they were awarded as the Good best point. offensive line in the country. Yeah, yeah Penix is hard to get to. He is hard to get to. That's the offensive line. I mean, so, yeah, I got When you talk about it, you know, I kind of almost like Washington in this matchup. I mean, the spread's only four and a half. Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought it, I thought it'd be over seven. I'll be honest. So really? to see it at four and a half. Well, I mean, think about, we just talked about how Oregon on a neutral field was almost double digits. Almost double digit, yeah. Yeah. That I, it's again, I just have to look at the matchup. I'd have to look at the Michigan's corners. I'd like to look to see how Michigan matches up with those great receivers at Washington. And if, and, and they're going to have to, Penix is interesting to me because he doesn't leave the pocket that much. Mm-mm. In fact, there was a stat earlier this year where he only left the pocket on 11% of his throws. It's really a low number if you think about it. Um, so can they get to him? I mean, can, can they make it rough for him? Is he a first-rounder, Rob, Penix? Mm, he's got injury history and he's old. So, I mean, that's probably going to hurt him. But, it, I mean, what if he think goes and it. throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns in the championship game? Just go through him. Caleb Williams, Drake May. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LSU quarterback. Daniels. Daniels. And then, the, you know, I've seen McCarthy for. Um, you can, I don't. Bo Nix would be up there. Yeah, Bo mm-hmm. Nix would definitely in, be in that conversation. But, you know, the first three look pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah, for now. There's yeah. always that late spring mover. But Yeah. What I like about Penix, though, is he's not a runner. Like, no, a lot of college guys get away with a lot because they run. You can't run on the pros. Like, Pinnock stays in the pocket. He gets rid of the ball. God, if I were – I mean, I would say to an NFL team – here here goes simple advising an NFL team. This is interesting. Don't overthink it on panics. I mean – Those throws he were making? Yeah. Like, there's NFL quarterbacks that can't make those throws. Right. I mean, I, just I, frozen ropes, 35 yards across the field on a dime. Especially some of the backups you're seeing I in mean, the league right now. My God. I mean – Panics was like warm moon. Well, look at Browning, the former Washington quarterback, and look what Zach Taylor's been able to get out of him with the right. Bengals. Looks pretty good. Penix is a better quarterback than Browning. I think so yeah, yeah. Browning was a, a playoff quarterback. Though. Yeah, he was good. Mm-hmm. He was good, mm-hmm. and he's done well at Cincinnati. Yeah. But anyway, it's the injuries probably that's going to be the big deterrent. I mean, the fact that he's already signif- suffered a significant knee injury like that and upper body, yeah, upper, upper body, body. yeah. So that that's troublesome. Yeah. All right, when we come back, um, the transfer portal closes here this week. Uh, We're going to discuss that. And also, could we see changes to the NCAA recruiting calendar um, as we move forward? We'll discuss all that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washed. Happy New Year. Hopefully everybody enjoyed their football time with family. Uh, back to work here 
as we get rolling. But before we get into some discussion, the segment of the Husker Online show, Steve Sipple, brought to you by... Sean, Larson Motors. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Finding your new Chevy, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram really has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real deals, real people. All right, well, let's uh, get into the discussion because the transfer portal closes on January 2nd. That's today. Um, which is today. So there's technically time for more guys to get in. Um, Nebraska did have one uh, New Year's Eve entry. Uh, linebacker Randolph Kapai from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, you know, was obviously a sought-after recruit um, when he came to Nebraska. Had a lot of op- offers and opportunities, uh, but he enters the portal. Um, not a lot of action, though. Here's the scholarship entries for Nebraska. Randolph Kapai. Uh, had never played for Nebraska, never saw the field. Javier Morton, um, Chubba Purdy uh, at quarterback in the portal. Jake Applegate uh, to Northern Illinois. And then Tamon Lyman went to Pitt. Uh, then quarterback Jeff Sims um, in the portal. So um, those were your scholar. I mean, light. That, I mean, that, in the world that we live in now, that's a pretty light portal year. Light. It's, it's light, but they had two starting quarterbacks <coughs> in the portal. That's <laughs> still light. Yeah, that defines the season right there. <laughs> you replace him with two elite eleven quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah, it's, it's light. I mean, we don't say. know where Sims is going. Um, Lyman, I'm not surprised ended up in a power five because of his length, and he played. Yeah, he he played looked all right. Yeah, he looked all right. Um, who was the other one that went to Northern Illinois? Applegate. Applegate makes sense. I guess that makes sense. But light. I mean, and Rule told us all along that it would be light. Yeah. And Look at what they lost compared to what they retained. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Well, I think the NIL at Nebraska stabilizes some of that bottom movement. Because yep. if, you, if you're under a deal with 1890 and you're getting a guaranteed amount and you start to look at the big picture, all right, I can go to like a lower level and play maybe, but I'm not going to get any money. Right, or get very limited. And I'm going to be playing at empty stadiums. And so, like, you have to look at I mean, I think you guys look at it a little bit. I think it helps maybe – buy another year oh, or two point. with some of these guys. Oh, it's a great point about the yeah, the lower part of the, the bottom 30, let's yeah, call the it. the bottom 30, bottom whatever. It's a great point. I mean, I'm sure it's tempting for some guys, but hopefully they're getting good advice. Like be careful here cuz you can end up nowhere. You can end up nowhere. Mm-hmm. You can end up out of football. You can be, end up being playing in the middle of Ohio or Louisiana on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. In front of eight thousand fans, mm-hmm. and get no nil money, and get no nil money. You, you, you're probably lucky to get a pair of socks. <laughs> you know, as far as the apparel, right. I mean, it's yeah, and you might starve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, um, but no, it's this is a good deal here, and this and Matt Rule emphasizes it all the time. Nebraska student athletes are taken care of. Really, they've always been taken care of. Nil is just now another part of that. And Javier Morton ended up at Alcorn. Alcorn State, huh? And I think the kind of track record of development, too. I mean, you see what the staff has done, 
not just here oh, and they're sure. they're one you hear but the, how, how guys get better under them so that's even more incentive to where you're not just kind of flailing around collecting an nil check not getting any better as a player you're you're getting reps you're, you're bettering yourself as a player you're getting stronger you're, you're getting all the first class resources nebraska has to offer to elevate yourself as an athlete i mean why would you go anywhere else if it's between going to a bottom tier program or, or a lower tier program and staying in nebraska for another year the pros in my opinion seem to far outweigh the cons Absolutely. All right. I want to discuss the calendar now because we've had the early signing day since 2018. Okay. Um, that would have been Scott Frost, the, the 2017 season, the 2018 signees. Uh, that was the first year of that December signing day. And at the time, it was a groundbreaking movement. But that existed before the transfer portal. That existed before the one-time transfer rule. That existed before NIL. So a lot has changed wow. since the – implementation of the early signing day and you know now i think there's a big push to adjust the calendar and you know I, there's a lot of things that are in the argument though in the discussion because transfers are still gonna have to happen in december because those guys got to get to their new school by january yeah good point there's you can't no, mess with no that. way around that but good point sean can the coaches can they can they make December different for the coaches where they're not trying to also do their signing class and just go back to a traditional February signing day because the coaches will be on the road in January anyway, um, and then your early enrollee kids they're going to be done anyway. So like over half your class will early enroll more than likely, and so those guys are going to be at your school in January. Okay, but I think there's a lot of discussion. How do you adjust signing day? So December is just not a giant. You'd be removing one headache, but you'd still have that transfer portal headache. Mm -hmm. But that's a big headache to remove for coaches, especially coaches playoffs. that are involved in bowl games and playoffs. I mean, you can see how that would be unwieldy, and it is. I mean, Lane Kiffin called it a terrible system that, that, you're, that Ole Miss is getting ready to play in a bowl game and, and dealing with the trip. He talked about it openly, dealing with a flying coaches to other campuses, um, still recruiting. Mm -hmm. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we're getting ready to play Penn State. I mean, it's, that's the thing about that. You practice on the ask. weekend a lot. Yeah, without, without a lot of coaches there. I mean, you're, you're having a lot of practices without your full-time staff or just a few of your full-time staff there. It's, it's a, it, in a way, it's a good problem to have. You'd want Nebraska to have that problem. But, man, you're stretched. Ooh, mm -hmm. stretched. You know. Or you could just have signing day be in the summer, like have it in August. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, because isn't the whole point like to avoid the the late poaching to like with your recruiting class, right? It's basically to get guys yeah. signed and locked in going into the off season. Okay, signed them in August, like late August. And one thing I I've Is that always what you're talking about yeah, yeah. So like have one before the start of the season, but. The only thing that you don't like, I don't like, is there's no in home visits. So wow. why can't the spring, April and May? be like what december is now you're now you're talking and, and and april and may in-home visits can happen especially if those kids are going to commit and and go to your school in august in august would you say okay now this is a critical question if you're talking in august would you say before the start of camp yeah, like august 15th oh right during camp or the first wednesday of august okay now it's that's a critical thing to me because would you want a signing day on right before your opener? You know, you're getting, I mean, you're full, you know, Sean, now come on, think about all of this. 
we have covered camps and we have agreed it might be the most stressful time of year. Well, you're off the road though at that point. Yeah. Now are you throw. I'm what I'm suggesting. If you're going to do it in August, do it before camp starts. Like, like the last August Wednesday 1. of July. No, before camp starts. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Last yeah. exactly last Wednesday of July. Because yeah. right now in recruiting, there is one week in the last week of July that you can actually host visitors. So that, but that's not too early to have it. Well, if those, because most of the, I'd say eighty percent of guys are making their decisions between April and July. Mm-hmm. You could do it. Do it before camp starts. Now, I would not be in favor if I were a coach of having. Signing period on August twentieth as I'm getting ready for my opener. But you, you got to how those, crazy that is. You got to get those in home visits though. I, I I think it's a huge part of recruiting to let coaches come into your home. Oh yeah. And if they did that right now, there is no ability for a coach to come in your living room. Now coaches can go to your school and they can bump into you and stuff, but they're not going to go out to eat with you and be at your house. Like so, they've got to figure out a way to have the in homes be a part of the spring. Yeah. And then sign them in August, and then let December be portal. Now, the challenge, of course, in in the spring would be spring ball. But if you're doing it in April, May, it's it after be a spring problem. ball. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So, like the the spring recruiting period is uh, mid April all the way to Memorial Day. Yeah, you could do it. And then that's then yeah that is there any is there any momentum toward that sort of thing? Well, there's definitely momentum towards adjusting it, and some have thought February. I I don't like February. Because I feel like you're going to have to spend the entire January babysitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maintaining all your commits. Like you don't want to have to go visit your kid. Like this year, January recruiting is four weeks. So imagine you can visit a kid once a week. Imagine having to visit all 28 commits four times. In Jan- it's a, a lot. Yeah. It's a ter- it's a calendar's rough right now, the way it's set up. There is no easy way to do it. I think it's about minimizing the amount of extra work you put on coaches during the season. Like the fact that "quote unquote" free agency starts before the season's even over, like that's how messed up is that? And I know that there's been plenty of coaches that have come out. Lane Kiffin's not the only one that's come out and kind of complained about the current setup of this system and just how much coaches have to juggle over the course of the season when they're preparing for their most critical games. Oh they God. have to deal with all this other stuff: right. recruiting players out of the portal, keeping players on right. their roster, babysitting guys that are committed, that waiting for the signing day. Like, there's so many things beyond just game planning for the actual game that these coaches have to do. And I think that's the priority. I mean, you can. There's not going to be a perfect system, but I think if you can eliminate that as much as possible, that's kind of the, yep. the path. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will take your questions. In the mailbag, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, oh, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple having old man <laughs> mental conversations with himself wow. here. We got the full that show there. Was pure ageism. <laughs> pure ageism. Just talking out loud. <laughs> we're good. I got it. I got, I got it. it. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Well, now um, wait a second. It's time for the mailbag, and we <laughs> missed you, Abby. Uh, it's good to have you back in studio. Uh, I think we haven't had you because you were gone for volleyball, right? Did we have you after volleyball? Nope. You're asking the wrong gal. I'm, sure, I'm trying to remember. I don't, know. I don't think so. But yeah, it's good to see you back. And uh, what do you got now? What, where, where are we starting off at? Okay. Has Nebraska shown any interest in bringing in a veteran quarterback from the portal? It doesn't seem that way. And we've had this discussion on headlines now a couple times. 
how do you find a guy that's good enough but not quite good enough that's okay with knowing he's probably not going to be the starter? Mm -hmm. Because most guys in the portal. Tricky. Now, like, because I do believe if if they wanted Casey Thompson to come back, they could probably make that work. But I don't think Matt Rule's interested in doing that. We've covered that, and it's mainly because, I mean, come on, Casey, like you said, you got to find a guy who wants to take a back seat. I just don't think Casey's DNA would say, yeah, I'm okay. I don't have to play. It's like telling Robert De Niro, like, hey, you're, you're just going to be an extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It, you, like, De Niro could say, okay, I'll do it. But when it when it comes when the camera comes on, it's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, God, wait a minute. Why is De Niro yeah. standing in the crowd at the grocery store? Like, why isn't he on the camera? I mean, like, just. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Casey is an alpha. Like, he. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Like Je- now, Jebbia went to Ohio State in a role like that. And he did. Jebbia is like a little less alpha-ish. He is. But Casey's a big-time alpha. Just say it. I mean, he is. I mean, just look at the way he takes the field, everything about him, the way he holds his head. I mean, he's an alpha. So, no, you got it, Sean. Don't overthink it. You nailed it. He's an alpha. It's, it's ri- hard for him to take a backseat. It's a risky proposition, though, rolling in with two true freshmen. Really risky. In Harburg. In Harburg. So maybe maybe that just speaks to what they feel about Harburg. Maybe they feel like that's your veteran. Well, and people always say, what about Longville and Wokey? They're, yeah. they're not in the conversation, really. Though. Like, they weren't repped with, like, the upper offenses. So it's hard to, like, to say they're going to be a part of things when they really didn't get the reps during the week. Because you can't rep all those guys. No, it's hard to do that. You got to rep on the. They're running the scout teams. Right. There's a real. There, I mean, the, there's a very practical part of the conversation, and that's it. You just can't get everybody rep. Well, Harburg never got real reps till this year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. God, Harburg's got to have an off season now. Harburg's staying. We know that. I mean, we, we think pretty much know that. He's just got to have a big off season. You have to. If you're a Nebraska fan, you have to. You ha- you have to hold out hope that Harburg gets much better. He's still a young guy, though. Like he's, he's, he's the 20. veteran of the room, but he's twenty. He was on Duda's show, and he says, "You know, I'm the old guy in the room, and I still can't even go to the bars." Twenty, like, years, I'm 20 old. years old, like he's <laughs> a young guy. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he's still very much in the early stages of his development. Yes. So. All right. Next question, Abby. Even with a potential wide receiver one coming from the portal, Nebraska will still need a few true freshman wide receivers to help. Who are the ones you think can contribute the most? Well, Malachi Coleman and. Jalen Lloyd. I mean, I, I do think um, uh, Demetrius Bell is going to be a factor. Uh, he had to do an academic red shirt, so he was ineligible to play this year. Um, but they knew that. They know what kind of talent he is. That's why they got him, essentially, because I don't think a lot of SEC teams wanted to wait a year. But I do think Demetrius Bell will be a surprise. It's hard to know, Abby. I mean, Jaden Doss is huge, too. And Alex Bullock's going to be your role guy. Like, you know what he'll give you. He's a, role, he's a solid rotational guy that knows what he's doing but he's not a number one no. he's a starter you, you're waiting for me you were waiting for me to say he's the number one you're gonna kill me <laughs> like you you're, you're i saw your eyes look at me don't even say it sean no i wasn't he, he was more than he was a starter this year i mean he's a solid he knows his right, job he does right. a good i mean yeah. but you know he's 20 catches maybe at yeah. the most that's what you hope and now the who, question is who, the, the true po- freshman. I, I can't answer that. I don't. I don't know how to answer that without seeing them at all. You know? No, you know like, what I'm saying. McMorris and um, Hall were hurt this year, mm-hmm. like in different moments. So they didn't have the kind of year that you would have liked. I do think Carter Nelson and Keelan Smith. There you go, Sean. Could 
could split out. Yeah, Keelan Smith for sure. I mean, Keelan Smith had the sort of year in Missouri high school football, big numbers. I mean, Missouri player of the year, right? Like 1,300 yards receiving. Right. And, and that he looks like a big, pretty big receiver to me versus a, a small tight end. He looks more mm -hmm. like a receiver. So that's what you're going to have to see. And, and Nelson could help him immediately, too. I'm with you on Bell, too. I mean, he put on a ton of weight this year. It was like 20, 30 pounds of muscle from when he arrived. So Matt Rule has like gone out of his way to mention him as like examples of offensive development for those those redshirt players. You can be a guy to watch. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, what was the biggest surprise of the bull season for you? Oh, God. I, w I was surprised that Missouri just handled Ohio State. Yeah. But yeah. I, I joked, though, gosh, it's – Interesting watching a team having to play its second and third quarterback and not have its top receiver options. Oh, wait. Yeah, we had to watch that the whole season. Yeah, it really, it, Ohio, State, Ohio State, I mean, they took a big step back without that. You're right, Sean. 100% right. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. How about Georgia-Florida State? Yeah. I mean, is that like the fact that the, the Georgia won – not surprised at all, but a 60-point win? That, I mean, Georgia, what Georgia did. An undefeated Florida State team? What Georgia did, the, 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 I mean, you got to, listen, this is where you get into this. You got to choose your words carefully and all that because of the world we're in. Georgia was a championship program. I'm just going to keep it at that. There's one championship program in that game, Georgia. They were the championship program. They played like a championship program. Yeah. They responded to the situation like a championship program. That's, I'm just going to keep it at that. It's like, okay, in 96, when Nebraska played Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl, I got to imagine there weren't a lot of people inspired to travel out to watch after playing back-to-back -back national titles, and you're playing a Virginia Tech with Jim Drunkenmiller as the quarterback. Drunkenmiller wasn't bad. But the, the big difference, Sean, what was the big difference? No transfer no portal. Florida State was without 29 scholarship players. And if you look at it, they're back, top two running backs, top two receivers, top tight end, top two quarterbacks, uh, starters on defense, 29 scholarship players out. I mean, I'm just saying the downer of that for Nebraska at that time, they were a championship program, though, mm -hmm. and they, they rose up and beat Virginia I'll never Tech. forget being in that Orange Bowl. I, I, I couldn't believe how oh casual it felt. Like, at kickoff <laughs> – at kickoff, the stands weren't full, people milling around. It felt nothing like a big-time bowl compared to what I had covered. I mean, it was, it was really a stark difference. You're right. The, the, the intensity level wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. But then that's when Osborne decided to coach one more year. He was going to retire after Absolutely. That. And Peter, Jason Peter and Wistrom. Grant Wistrom went to him and said, we're coming back. But you're coming back, too. Yeah. How about Iowa? 35 oh, nothing. I'm surprised. Well, they got down to the goal line on their opening possession, and if they would have scored to go up 7 nothing, I would have liked to have seen just how that game would have. Because then they're playing their game. Hey, hey, Rob, that's a good one because Sean, Rob, me, would you have picked Tennessee to win 35 to No. Seven? No way. Iowa's hard to beat like, like that. I wouldn't. 35 points. No right. way. I mean, like, the, I might pick Tennessee yeah, to Tennessee, win. Yeah. But, but to score 35? No, I wouldn't have picked that. And I'm a little surprised. A good surprise would be USC beating Louisville without 24 guys. USC was down 24 guys and beat Louisville, which was down 12. 
But still, USC winning that game 42-28 without 24 guys, without Caleb Williams, that surprised me. Nico, that Tennessee quarterback, the freshman, he, he's the he real good. Deal. Oh, gosh, yeah. Ten, he looked good. Like for Tennessee against Iowa, his first start having to go against Iowa's defense. The bowl season was fascinating to me. You know, people will criticize it and say it's not the same, blah, blah, blah. It just depends what game you see. Their are games like, like Rutgers-Miami. We're like, oh, God, it's on, baby. I mean, this is a good game. That Arizona game against Oklahoma was a good game. I mean, it was, it was intense. So it just kind of depends what you – there's some other games where you're watching, you're just like, ah. Well, and that's where, like, having geographic team – like Rutgers playing Yankee Stadium. 100. That made so much sense. It did. Like it, it makes so much Boston sense. Boston College, they played their bowl game at Fenway Park. Yep. I mean, they were like, jacked. The, some of that stuff for bowl games, don't overthink. Like Virginia Tech in the military bowl, I believe that's in um, Virginia or Washington, D.C. area too. I think so. Uh, they, they, they play Tulane. I mean, like you want to have a bowl game where it's kind of close to your fan base. Yeah, the thing that you don't want to – here's a trap you don't want to fall in as a fan. Oh, these kids th- – these guys don't care. These teams don't care. Bull crap. I mean, yeah, there's some you could maybe find. But I like uh, Kansas UNLV. Kansas was intense. UNLV was intense. Mm-hmm. That game was intense. That was a weird game. And UNLV's quarterback, Jaden, uh, it was a weird game. went in the portal yesterday. Whoa. Did he really? Yeah. Really? That, that had been out there for a month. It was going to happen. And UNLV, the Odoms, made a strong push to keep him. But he officially entered and was told last night from a good source that both Miami and Georgia are kicking the tires on him. Mm. Um, he's probably the best player returning. You know who should kick the tires on him is Ohio State. He, they should kick the tires on him. He's probably the best player in the Mountain West coming back. How did Ohio State not go in the portal to get a quarterback? I, I, that blows mm-hmm. my mind. It's I mean, another strike on day. They're going to be going to the portal to find a coach here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Seriously. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you that when we were talking about earlier in the show about the top of the Big Ten is good. For sure, it's good. But Ohio State doesn't look like Ohio State to me coming back. Not on offense. All right, Abby, final question. Okay, what is your New Year's resolution for Nebraska in 2024? Oh, I got one. I got one. Start, start the season like it's supposed to be started. Um, okay. You know, like get, get, off to, get, ahead of, get ahead of the curve instead of behind the curve. Don't get behind the sticks. Where, you know, in this, they have the schedule to do it. I mean, they don't open with a Power 5 road game for the first time since 2019. So they have an opportunity to oh, build yeah. momentum. God, that's amazing. So take advantage of it because you ain't get too many schedule breaks in this Big Ten going forward. Mm-hmm. I'll still go with basketball. Uh, the obvious one is do whatever you can to get rink mast healthy. But beyond that, from a team perspective, is uh, just find some leveling out of consistency. The massive ups and downs this team has shown all season long. I mean, even in their last time out, they were up by 40 points at halftime and then played their worst half of basketball of the season uh, in, in a game that you know they needed to close out strong. So just finding a way to just level out. Avoid the, as Tim Miles used to say, the EKG and find a little bit more of a smooth sailing. Great one. Great one. Uh, I w- I'd say mine was have a running back lead Nebraska in rushing by a, a sizable distance. No more quarterback leading the – and you know, I don't think it will happen when, if Rayola. Dylan Rayola is a quarterback – but get to a point in this program where the running backs lead the team in rushing. Okay, true or false? Nice. Raiola is the starting quarterback. True. true or false? Will if that's the case, 
will they create packages for Harburg to come in in the red zone, mm. like a, a Blake Bell type deal? They should. I, I would think about it. It would make sense. A lot of depends on the tailback position, but hey, th- here's the thing about about Harburg in that role. I love him because he'd be his legs would be live, fresh. He wouldn't he wouldn't have endured a bunch of hits like he did this year. He was a really good runner early in the season before he got into the Big Ten, and you saw Purdue. Like, oh my God, he, Northwestern just gets you get hammered in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. But if he's not taking that pounding week in week out, oh yeah, he he's a he's a he's a he's a force. it's a weapon, yeah. As right. a runner, yeah. When we come back, uh, Big Ten play back in action for Nebraska basketball. The Huskers are 11 and 2. We'll hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. One. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the program Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, uh, talking some basketball. Uh, the Huskers at home. Um, students won't be back on campus until January 22nd, Robin. So we have. Really, three weeks of Big Ten play where there won't be um, a traditional student crowd at a lot of these games, uh, but a big game Wednesday night against Indiana, 8 o'clock tip. Uh, I think the biggest question going in, will we see rink mass play in this critical game for Nebraska on Wednesday night? Yeah, and still, even as we speak here on Tuesday, very much in question. Um, We're going to get an update from Fred after recording here uh, later this afternoon, but... um, from everything that I've heard is they're cautiously optimistic that if he does have to miss any of these upcoming Big Ten games, it might just be one. Like, I think they're feeling pretty good about him having a chance to be ready to go against Indiana. A lot of it is just how he wakes up on Wednesday, how he feels when they go through their pregame and all that sort of stuff, their run through. How's the knee feel? And it's just going to be literally a game-time decision. But I think that they, when they went into the surgery – which happened on December 18th, the day after the Kansas State game. They knew that it was going to be right around a two-week recovery. So we're, we're at that window now. And so it's just a matter of um, you know, how well that knee is recovered and how well they feel it's going to hold up. Um, so it's just kind of a – it's really up to rink and, and how that knee feels. But I do, I do know that they're feeling more optimistic than pessimistic about minimal games missed uh, now into the Big Ten play. Let's do this for the uninitiated the people who don't follow Nebraska basketball all the time. Would you say if – is he – I don't want to go best. Is he their most important player? He's right up there with Juwan Gary. I'd put them 1A, 1B, and you can flip them however you want. Why but, would you say that about Mast? Well, because he does everything. He's their best low post defender. He's their best rebounder. He's their best low post scorer. He's their one of their best assist players. I mean, he's averaged three assists, and, he's one, and he's gives that element of the big man shooting threes. And so he does so many things that Nebraska can't replicate. And now you can make the same case with Juwan Gary. That's why I put those two kind of side by side. But those are the two players. For Nebraska to be the team that they want to be this year, they need them. And so however many games that they can slice off of his absence is going to be imperative, especially this Indiana game. I mean, that's a game they can and arguably should win. Indiana's reeling right now, and Nebraska's at home. They got all the momentum, and you know the, the crowd will be what it is with the students, but they'll have a good crowd. I mean, it's uh, an opportunity where these are the games, especially with the league being what it is right now, at home. When you get a team that's kind of in the middle of the pack like Indiana, you got to beat them at home. You cannot give up these opportunities at home. Now, Rob, there's, are, is there a student section for this week game on Wednesday, or is it one of those break games where they sell the tickets down on the floor area? Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess since it's January 3rd, so that there's, there'll be students there, but I don't know, like, 
what the actual no, ticket breakdown is going to number be. one i was amazed how many people came to the south carolina that's State what i'm saying game. like it'll like, be a good the crowd, 300s no were pretty much full for the south yeah. south carolina south dakota south i can't even get the name the team was so bad south carolina State. it's almost like they found like <laughs> 10 guys and said we're just going to put a random school that no one's ever heard of on you and you play nebraska because they were the worst team i've seen play why is indiana really well they have they can't shoot. That's probably their biggest thing. So they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams um, in the Big Ten and, and really nationally. Uh, and they're just they're just kind of struggling finding their offensive identity. Like they're relying on freshmen a lot. Like where um, you know Malik Renault is a young guy that he just dropped thirty-four points the other night. So you know they they've kind of just are struggling to have that role definition with a lot of young guys mixed with veterans. Xavier Johnson, Xavier. Johnson's been in and out of the lineup. He's their starting point guard. He's been a really critical piece. So, you know, it's just one of those deals where it's just taken them a while to get things figured out. And then they played a tough schedule. You know, they played Auburn, Kansas, Yukon, you know, Maryland, Michigan. So, I mean, they've kind of gone through that Indiana-type gauntlet while trying to figure themselves out at the same time, and, and it's kind of bit them a little bit. Hard to do. What's the net at for Nebraska, Rob? Uh, the nets, they are currently at 63 I believe, but that fluctuates so much every day. The good news is Nebraska has a quad one win now. Michigan State has vaulted into the top 30, making that win a quad one win. And Nebraska, I always find this interesting. They don't receive a single vote in the top 25. They had a one guy that was voting them on the poll, but like pollsters clearly want to see Nebraska win more than... As they should. I mean, Their strength of schedule is awful. So, I mean, like... They have the Michigan State win. They have the Kansas State win. But Kansas State's... And Duquesne. Yeah, and Duquesne. So Kansas State's not even a, a quad one win. That's a true road win. And so, like, they're they're hovering around the 85 in that the 80s. They need to be in the top 75 for that to be a quad one win. So that, you know, so I think that it's just Nebraska needs to prove it. And I think that's fair. Here we when go. you schedule the way that they scheduled in the non-conf, they built up a win to at least get your attention. Now it's time to show that you're real. Bam. Well, they didn't get the ACC Challenge game because that's done. They don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. And th- they didn't have a Gavit game, right? Yeah. I mean, Creighton, technically. So they, they lost, like, two of their automatic built-in games that they always used to get. Yeah, so that, that was Good big. Point. But then also they didn't play in that, um, you know, like a neutral site MTE. You know, and next year they they're going to play in the eight-team Diamond Head Classic in Honolulu. Yeah, that hasn't been officially announced, but uh, all signs indicate that that will happen. And we'll see what the field is, but usually that's a pretty good field. And Robin's pushing to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Why not? I guess it depends on if Nebraska goes to a bowl or not. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> we don't, don't put Sean on the spot here. <laughs> well, the Diamond Head would be before a bowl. You just don't know when the bowls are. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, you, you lost me. Where's the Diamond Head at? Honolulu. Oh, good God. They Rob. played in it back when uh, Doc was here. It's the poor man's Maui Invitational. And of course, first played. round, they got Hawaii right out of the gate. Who, who did um, Nevada, Nevada with Steve Alford beat somebody in the finals of that this year? I forgot who it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. In the Honolulu? Yeah. Yeah, God, I was watching those games. There was nobody there. Well, it's, it's Christmas Day, yeah, Christmas li- Eve. Literally nobody It's there. a little tiny gym, too. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a B-lister you know, no, no role. Nevada won that though, huh? Right, with Steve Alford. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. So, all right, big game Wednesday night, and then are they Saturday or Sunday, Wisconsin? Right? Saturday, Wisconsin, one fifteen. Are you going? One thirty. I will be there. Heading up to Madison again. Wow. And then they got Purdue know. on Tuesday at Iowa Friday. He's had too much Christmas break time. He's like, I'm going hit to- the road. Well, hey, if Nebraska's relevant, I'm going. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Let's that's a good one. Fifteen's a great yeah time. You need to go. 
Not for travel purposes, but <laughs> you going back after? Uh, I, I got a plan figured out. I'll make it work. All right. Well, plenty to follow with Robin Washett here um, over the week here with two wow. big basketball games. Um, once again, if you're not a member of Husker Online, we got a great deal for YouTube and our podcast listeners here. Get two months of access for one dollar with promo code NU1. That's promo code NU1. Two months for one dollar for Abby Barmore, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. I'm Sean Callahan. Uh, as uh, we put a close here on this first show of the year for 2024. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.